Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is 435. This is 97.1, The Freak. You're listening to The Speakeasy. Here's Jeff Cavanaugh. She's Julie Dobbs. We got G-Money over there at the helm today. And we've been talking a little Cowboys football and this and that, but make no mistake about it. The sports story taking the day this weekend is the advancement of the Texas Baseball Rangers into the American League Championship Series. It will commence Sunday. And joining us now, we have the man at the helm of all things Rangers at the Dallas Morning News, the great Evan Grant. Hello, old friend. How you doing? Hello, old friend. How are you? I'm groovy. How are you? I'm pretty groovy myself. I don't know if you know Jeff or Julie, but they are here and they will be participating. Hello. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, Evan. Hi, Julie. How Thanks are you? Thanks for joining us. We're so oh, happy to have pleasure. you on. Yeah. Who wants? Who wouldn't want to talk to some Rangers at this point in time? Not, nobody that I care to talk to, I'll tell you that. Uh, well, it, somebody may have spied you getting a hot dog the other night at the ballpark, but we didn't take any embarrassing hot dog photos of you no well, that's that's entirely possible was it a boomstick i picture mike having a 24 inch <laughs> hot dog no well, I, I think he went i think he went to kind of like the dollar hot dog stand it was, yeah. it was a small wiener stand yeah it, it, it was it was <laughs> traditional stuff we got some edgy evan grant i like where this is headed <laughs> well what has this year been like for you man i mean it's, with all the ups and downs of it and as great as things were for the first 60 games and then as poorly as it seemed to go in the last part of the season when it looked like they were going to squander everything they did earlier away, um, how would you assess and describe what this has been like for you to cover? Well, it's uh, it's been fun and it's been a challenge. It, it, I, I would you know say that in some ways that, probably resembles a lot of what it's been like for Bruce Bochy to talk about this. Um, it's been hard to figure this team out at times. Uh, they've dealt with a significant amount of, of adversity with the number of injuries that they had. Um, there were flaws that were exposed. Uh, just when it felt like things were getting fixed, uh, they had that, that really rough series in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they eat their, their their way into the playoffs. And to be honest, it doesn't feel like, at this point, it doesn't feel like any of the past matters except for this past week um, in which they played really good baseball. And I think they finally got 
as, as well they should. I think they finally got the entire area to buy in on, on the bandwagon. I think that was the biggest thing for me is that, you know, Ranger fans have that. There's 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 some damage. Yeah, there is. To, to Ranger fans. I mean, there's been some emotional damage that they've dealt with and emotional baggage. Um, and it was difficult for them to to get there, to really get to a point where they – believed in this team and just it seemed like when they were about to get there the team went back in in the uh, on a losing streak and yeah. so they just never got to the point where they were like completely in uh, i felt like they were the last day against seattle right before they went on the road and then had that rough road trip so what i saw on tuesday at the ballpark was the best atmosphere I have seen. I think people, people believed in them. They needed something to believe in after that Cowboys game on Sunday, Mm -hmm. Rangers were in the right place, but I I do think people believe in this team. They like the way this team plays. They certainly like the way the, the manager operates. And I, you know, all year long from last off season forward, when they have needed help, when this team has needed help, ownership and the general manager have gone out and added reinforcements in every way possible to the point where I think they're going to get Max Scherzer actually back for the ALCS. How big of a surprise was it, if you can quantify this sort of thing, to see the Rangers do what they did in the offseason, act the way they did, spend the kind of money that they spent on the guys they spent it on? In fact, let's take this back to last offseason as well. I mean, it's a a complete flip from the way the Rangers have always acted and the way that all of us thought that they really were, you know? Well, I mean, I I think that, look, Ray Davis took his spending to new levels in the past two two off-seasons. But I do think there was that point in 2010, 2011, when he first came in, that this team spent, went out and and signed Adrian Beltre, um, signed Hugh Darvish. And then it seemed like the window was starting to close, and they they scaled it back. And I think the biggest mistake that this team made along the way in trying to rebuild was, hey, they were getting a new stadium online. They wanted to be competitive in 2020. Uh, They went out and they traded for Kluber, uh, added a little bit of payroll, and then the pandemic came along. Kluber got hurt, uh, and it was just a disaster, and it set this team back again. And so – um, I do feel like it just got to the point for this owner where, look, he's in his 80s. He wants to win. He first came in here. He won. He was tired of losing. Um, he has a GM in Chris Young who's new who's new to the job and brings, brings a level of intensity that uh, it's hard for me to describe on occasion because I just think he competes at GMing much the way he did when he was on the mound. Mm-hmm. Um and that combination together, you know, new voice in the room, um, giving the owner the idea that this team could could compete and could cut the rebuilding the rebuilding cycle down, I think all played a role in, in Ray being willing to, to take on salaries and not just take on salaries. I mean, this team has has made enough moves where it's going to pay. It'll be you know a small amount, relatively speaking, but it's going to pay luxury tax this year. It's it's got one of the top eight payrolls in baseball, um, and it's going to have some significant obligations going forward. But I also think that what you saw, you know, the last, well, 
certainly Tuesday night, and I think over the last stages of the season with the crowds, this can be, this organization can, especially with that ballpark, have an, uh, a revenue engine that it can really rev up to, no pun intended, to um, to kind of stoke the payroll that they'd like to have or that they need to have. Yeah. I think the good thing for this club is, look, you know, we've talked about all the free agents, but look at guys who are contributing right now, right? Josh Young, Evan Carter, mm-hmm. Cody Bradford in the bullpen. You know, I know there's been a lot of talk about Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter and that they haven't yet reached the big leagues, and obviously Rocker's going through, through rehab at this point. But they've got some young pitchers that are stocked up that they hopefully will be able to bring to the big leagues in the not-too-distant future that will supplement or replace more expensive uh pitching arcs yeah it's evan grant with us dallas morning news wonderful beat writer of the texas rangers and you mentioned max scherzer and that it sounds like looks like he'll be available and on the roster for the alcs can you just take us through the whole ordeal because watching um your twitter x x twitter twitter x x threads twitter account uh, for <laughs> like dissecting him, throwing practice pitches off a mound. I'm watching all of them like 15 times. Is that a normal Scherzer pitch? Having actually watched him go through all of this. Um, how does he look? Explain to me the hungover simulation thing, because when he said that one, I was like, man, I feel like any other sport that would be alarming to a fan base for a guy coming back from injury. Can you just take me through the whole Scherzer experience? Well, I mean, the hungover line was just a, a funny one liner today because you know he threw this 68 pitch simulated game on wednesday literally i don't know probably 12 hours after they stopped celebrating winning the the alds and so uh i don't know what film everybody saw of him in the clubhouse celebrating the alds but he certainly um (laughs) would probably qualify for the mvp most vigorous uh, champagne bottle popper. He and Hedgie um, for fourteen. The fourteen second clip of just both making sounds was incredible. <laughs> just ah. Well, it, you know what's funny is like I and I I got to him on the field after the celebration. They all the players came back out with their families and they were celebrating with their families a little bit. Max was running the bases with one of his daughters, and uh, I went up to him and I said, "Listen, you have any champagne fueled?" Um, predictions you want to make here about coming back and he said he told me that he felt really optimistic and that he was going to throw that simulated game on Wednesday and then he grabbed me by both shoulders and shook me like a rag doll and made that same kind of noise um, and it was it was a little bit intimidating but it also made me believe, yeah, this guy's probably going to come back because he's a complete psycho in the best possible <laughs> way. So um, he is—he's a different cat, man. And you know, when he was when he was out there today fielding ground balls, and he, this wasn't like a final hurdle or anything. He just wanted to participate in PFPs because he hasn't done it in a while. And when he was out there fielding ground balls, he was asking for extra ground balls. He was he was hustling. He was making hard throws. It's impossible for me to tell you that the live BP I saw him throw in Baltimore yes, uh, last week, uh, we didn't see him throw on Wednesday because that was closed to media. Uh, it'd be impossible for me to give you an evaluation on that. But everybody who saw it, 
felt like Max was was good enough. I think the Rangers just thought last week this might be a little bit too aggressive of a play, and we'd probably only get him for two or three innings in the ALDS. Let's let's bank this right now, keep building up things up, and let's hope that we can get to the championship series where he can make a legitimate five-inning, maybe 75-pitch start for us and be uh, a, um, a, a real force. So I've... Everything I've seen from him over the past couple of weeks has indicated a remarkable comeback. You know, we dealt with Rangers having this injury previously, and it was always considered an eight to twelve week injury uh, because it needed it needed rest. He's going to be back in five weeks, and all I can tell you is, I've just seen him throw off a mound. I saw him throw live batting practice, and the guy didn't wince in pain. He certainly seemed to be throwing, putting effort in, and everybody seemed to think that the actions on the fastball was was all was all good. And I asked him today, are you prepared to go out and, and get out? And, you know, his his answer was, I've got to bring my A game. But, yeah, I feel good to go. So what do you do with that information, I guess, knowing that he should be good to go for the series? How do you see the Rangers using him? Or is it really going to be dependent upon that day, how he's feeling, and it'll be like sort of a game-time decision? No, I I think, Julie, they just um, – I think they just announced – uh, via text to us that Jordan Montgomery is going to start game one. I think they're just setting up their their full rotation. And if it's, if it's me, and I'm trying to play this through, if I'm the Rangers, I'm probably going Montgomery in game one like they just announced, and Yuvaldi in game two. And then I've got a decision. Do I want to start Max or do I want to start that Andrew Heaney, um, Dane Dunning combination, or just go with one of those two guys? But I think they're just planning out where exactly in the rotation they want to start him. It wouldn't surprise me if basically they started him game four because you could throw him like say on the off day throw another batting practice or bullpen uh between houston and and arlington and then have him come back uh two days later and and actually pitch the game so maybe that makes most sense to me but I've tried to guess Bruce Bochy and Mike Maddox on occasion this year, and they have uh, they have constantly outboxed me. I, I thought that the um, the decision to use Dunning and Heaney, or Heaney and Dunning, I should say, in Game One of the AL Division Series was surprising. I thought they would just go with Dunning there and 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 leave it at that. But they had information about how they could neutralize some of Baltimore's top of the lineup, and. They tried to go the, big, the piggyback route and get six innings out of those two guys combined, and it worked to a T. I mean, it was when people talk about how Bruce Bochy manages in the postseason, to me that was a great example of the difference a guy can make uh, in your dugout. All right. Who do they trust out in the bullpen these days? Um, listen, I, I think the best way for me to say it is I think right now they feel like they've got a manageable back end. Um, certainly they're comfortable going to Leclerc in the ninth inning, and they're mm-hmm. comfortable using him on back-to-back days. Uh, Chapman can be wild, um, but he's also gotten some big outs, and I think he's their preferred eighth-inning guy, uh, especially if they've got a pocket of left-handers coming up. Uh, or they could go with Josh Spores, or Spores would be the seventh inning guy. I think, I think in a perfect world, that's how the Rangers would like to do it. And I think the one thing we haven't really addressed this with Bochi, but he did use it 
um, against Baltimore to get the final out of the sixth inning. He used to be great with one batter matchups and use left-handed specialists. Well, you can't do that except for the case of bringing a lefty in to potentially get the final out of an inning, face that batter, uh, and then when the next inning comes out, you can you can bring a different pitcher in. He did that with Will Smith, and I could see him using that in a two-out situation, using a lefty in a two-out situation, again, for a one-batter role um, in this series. They're going to carry 13 pitchers again, so they'll have plenty of pitching. Uh, I think the questions are, what happens if you've got to go to somebody like Brock Burke or Chris Stratton who hasn't pitched in a while? Um, those are the big. Those are the bigger questions for me. What are your thoughts on the Astros as we head into this? As you look at them, what do you see? Look, this is a team that's a defending world champion, and they've got. We we did. We just put up something on the website with predictions from uh, Tim Callishaw, Kevin Sherrington, Sean McFarland, and myself. And one of the questions we asked in the roundtable was, you know, who's the most dangerous Astro? And you got four different answers from four different guys, and we probably could have done a roundtable of about eight guys and, and done the same thing. Um, it, it's an incredibly deep lineup. It's an experienced lineup. It's experienced together, which I think is important. Um, they are they are the world champions for a reason. And if the Rangers unseat them, then the Rangers will have accomplished something. But uh, until you until you do that, you know you've got to say that the Astros the Astros have some degree of at least a, a uh, personnel edge. I think they've got a little bit of an edge in the pitching department, um, and I. I don't think it can be overstated, you know, how important it is to have a group of guys who have played together in big game situations. Um, now, with all that said, I don't know that I can pick against the Rangers at this point. They're just playing really good baseball, and they've defied all logic here over the last month in the way they've played. So um, I think it's going to be a really good series. I think that uh, – Maybe it shapes up for somebody surprising to to be the guy who is the hero, the guy who's in position to be to be that guy for the Rangers. I think is going to be Mitch Garver. Uh, certainly, you know he had the seven RBIs in the last two games against Baltimore, but hitting behind Corey Seager in the lineup is a pretty good spot to hit in to potentially produce runs because Corey's not going to see anything to hit, and he's proven in this last series that if he needs to, he'll he'll walk his way on base. Yeah, um, when you were describing the Astros, Evan, and, and the words you used, they're they're deep. There's some veterans on that team, and then they have played together a lot, obviously, and won World Series together. A lot of these guys. It sounds like the Rangers until you get to that part. The Rangers are deep. The right Rangers have some veterans um, on their roster in their lineup, leading the way. There's a probably at least four different guys that someone would name if you ask someone to say who's the biggest threat on this Rangers team, at least right, right. now. But how big of a difference is it, I guess, that the, the Astros have been there and done this? And then along those lines, like, how much have you seen this Rangers team come together just in these past couple of weeks? And that, I, that's the thing that's not quantifiable, Julie, right? I mean, I think that, you know, the one thing for me on the Astros is that they have played together in these kinds of games previously, and they've done it. And when you talk to the Rangers over the course of, of this season, I think the one thing that, that they said that they still had to overcome is when you've got a group of guys together, even if they're experienced with other teams at going to the playoffs, there's still that last element, that last hurdle to get over of we trust the guys we are with to do the job. I think this lineup is dramatically different now than it was 
the first of September when they played Houston. Um, the addition of Evan Carter has lengthened this lineup out, and he 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 takes it back like a veteran, like somebody much older. And so I think that this lineup, on paper, is absolutely uh, on par with Houston. The only thing that I can come up with is this intangible of the fact that the Astros have been there and done that together as a team. Evan, splendid to talk to you again, man. Love your work like I always have, and I appreciate you coming on here with us, man. We're getting ready for this thing. Let's go do it. My pleasure. Take care, guys. Okay. Thank you, Evan. The great Evan Grant of the Dallas Morning News there with us today here on the Speakeasy. I'll tell you the most impressive thing about what just happened. What's that? He must like you a lot. Because when he got the text that Jordan Montgomery was going to start game one, he didn't hang up on you to fire off the tweet. No, he did not. That man finished the interview. Yes. That's right. What a guy. He that's did. a monster. And that's one reason why he is a badass among badasses. Mm-hmm. All right. Evan Grant, Dallas Morning News. It goes down Sunday is when we get started. Coming up next, it is a Friday on the Speakeasy, which means it's time for Julie's Audio Boxes. Highlights of a broadcast week on The Freak is next. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.